everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, a free premier writing magazine on the Internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video and audio interviews with some of the best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. You can find Author Magazine at authormagazine.org. And we are funded by the wonderful Pacific Northwest Writers Association. They've been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. Uh, you know, uh, it's a great organization to join if you live in the Northwest. And even if you don't live in the Northwest, they have wonderful um, monthly meetings where writing professionals or publishing professionals come and give talks on the craft and the business of writing. And, and even if you can't make it to those meetings because you've got to work or you live in Timbuktu, it doesn't matter. You can listen to them on the Internet. Yes, you can if you are a member. So I highly recommend joining if you are a writer and you care about the craft and the business of writing. I also encourage you, if you live in the Northwest, to check out the Pacific Northwest Writers Conference, which we host every year in the summer in Seattle. We have a great writing contest, and you can meet all kinds of agents and editors and meet other writers, including myself. I'm always there. Yes, I am. So if you want to check that out, learn more about the PNWA, you can do so at pnwa.org. Or pnwa.org. Uh, I will be teaching down in Leavenworth, excuse me, Wenatchee, Washington, on um, the 24th of February, right on the river, a one day little mini workshop, teaching there with one other author. If you want to sign up for that, I think I've got a link to it on my, my website, williamkenauer.com. Sign up for it. It's going to be a one-day intensive. I'm going to teach fearless writing. I'm going to read some of your work, talk to you about it. If you're in the Northwest, you want to check it out, I highly recommend you do so. Well, I forgot to say Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I, I can't think of a better guest to have on my show today to ring in the new year than Jordan Rosenfeld, uh, who I just had the pleasure of meeting for the first time this past summer down at the Writer's Digest Novel Writing Conference down in Pasadena, California, and Jordan is, well, Jordan has worn many hats, wears many hats. She's the author of suspense novels, uh, the suspense novels, Women in Red, Forged in Grace, and Night Oracle, and she's also written many um, writing guides, including, uh, or I should say, in total, writing the intimate character, writing deep scenes, plotting your story through action, emotion, and theme, uh, a writer's guide to persistence, which we're going to be talking about today, and uh, making a scene, creating powerful story, a powerful story one scene at a time. And she's also written many, many essays in short fiction, which have appeared in numerous periodicals, including The Atlantic, The Daily Beast, The Washington Post, and Writer's Digest. And I'm so glad she's on the show today with me. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Are you a uh, resolution kind of gal? Do you do that? <laughs> you know, I I sometimes am, and I'm I some I definitely feel like that there there's it's worth some kind of reflection or self reflection or reorganization at the new year. If nothing else, that yeah. I need I need markers like that to help me, you know, refocus. But I can't say that I. I definitely don't do the thing where I set myself up with a resolution and then I have some kind of, you know, benchmark right. and then beat myself up after I fail it. <laughs> so how was how was 2017 for you in 
in your writing world? How do you grade it? Were you happy with it? Heading where you want to go? You know, really, yeah, that's a good question. You know what's interesting? I've been sort of recommitting to my career in the last Uh three or four years, and it's been really good and busy, but now I'm starting to crave more time for my creative life. And so I feel like 2017 was the year in which I realized I have to make more room for the creative for my fiction. Uh, So when you say career, you're talking about journalism and editing Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I write articles and edit manuscripts, and I wrote a few books and et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. But but in your mind, that is different than... You don't lump all that in with the with the fiction. You know, I know. I guess it's kind of funny to parse it out, isn't it? I think that to, to me the word career has always been sort of like what you make a living at. But I know that for some right. people that is their fiction, and I admire those people yeah. who make a living at their fiction. But for me, the, crea- the creative part, in fact, this ties a lot into persistence for me, is I have to be able to write my fiction with no uh, – end goal in sight you know i can't right if i know if i don't if i start thinking this is going to be for publication then i know you know i start to actually sabotage the process a little bit fascinating that's mm-hmm. interesting but yet you can write happily enough with you know you can go to an editor and pitch an mm-hmm. idea and they, yeah, i need it by such and such mm-hmm. a time and and you can do that mm-hmm. knowing there's an editor, tick, tick, where's the P, and no problem. And you don't sabotage that. No. You just you write them and you publish <laughs> no. them, no problem. But when it's fiction, oh, it's a whole other ballgame. Well, it's, it's a whole other ballgame. First of all, it's always been, for me at least, it's always been the more personal, vulnerable part sure. of myself, my fiction. Mm. And let's yeah. face it, you know, the market is the market is tough. The market is tougher for selling a novel than it is to sell some articles. And so... You know, yeah. I, that's why I feel like it's important for people to not get always hung up on that whole thing that success is only when you sell a novel or whatever it is that you're writing. You know, success is when you sat down and wrote that day or you, um, you know, took took time out for a writing retreat or something, you know, that you gave to you your have, creative life. I, I'm glad you said that. I, I totally agree. You have got to define it for yourself. And here's, not only, here's the thing. Not only don't. You, yes, you've got to, but you don't have a choice but to define it for yourself because go talk to 100 writers, and even if they're all published, um, you know, working writers, they're all going to have a different definition of success anyway. Yeah. You know, no, no one's got – it's such a it's, – it's a non-existent uh, goal. It's not a it, – it, it exists mm-hmm. entirely in the mind of the individual. So you've got to decide what mm-hmm. that is because you can call yourself a failure as easily as you can call yourself a success seems to me absolutely absolutely and i think that we live in a culture that um sort of praises the i don't want to say the wrong kind of success but it's kind of we've got this image of what success means and it usually looks like the cream of the crop of whatever field they're in making the most right you know like that's that's a success that most of us will never dream of having and if we don't kind of come down to earth and find a kind of joy and meaning and purpose in what we do then we're always going to be living by this you know unreachable standard and External, external validation. Yeah, exactly. Suicidal relationship to success is my, yeah. in my opinion. Well, it is. So you, you've written a book. We wrote a book. Now here's my. I was thinking about this as I was reading the book, Jordan, because I know how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this mm-hmm. was published in 2015, and uh, 
which a mere two years ago, and yet, how much of it do you remember? Okay, if I start asking you about this, you're going to have forgotten all of it because I know how that's how it goes. No. It's, no? Well, so, in some cases, <laughs> I would say that's the true, but this book was very personal for me, so I, don't, I haven't forgotten Good. it. All right, yeah. all right. Well, I don't know, you know, because I'll have someone be introduced. Well, this is different, of course, but I, I'll go give a talk, and someone, maybe they've, especially if they've read my blogs, my essays, I've written a lot, and they'll, then they'll quote something I've said, and I'll go, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. I have no wow. memory of writing that whatsoever. That. <laughs> I, Who did that? That's good. That, that guy should be. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Someone should right. have published his book. That's right. That's right. So, okay, persistence. I totally agree. Uh, persistence is um, sort of everything in a way. Um, when did you identify the role persistence plays in a creative person's life, specifically, you know? When did you realize that's so much more important than talent, say, or well, luck? Well, do you mean, like, how did this book come to be? <laughs> well, before the so book, just like the understanding for you personally before the book came to be. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not sure that I ever had a single moment. I, I think I might happen to be a very persistent person so it's sort of a core piece of my being it was more in relationship to helping other writers so if I was helping someone I was editing or teaching and finding that other people would just give up at these junctures in their process where I was like what are you doing giving up you're just you're in the thick of it you know right so for me I I happened to get into a position where I sort of needed my own I needed to take my own lessons you know, I needed to be reminded oh, that oh, yeah. that's how my book came to be. Is I, I actually kind of needed the pep talk, too, because we get discouraged, right, on the path when that external validation isn't oh, coming. Oh, yes. Yeah. And when so, we get oh, so that's how it came we, to be. So you yeah. needed persistence. Yeah. You wrote the book yeah. you needed. I, I did. And I, I am a persistent person, and that's why it was very alarming to me to reach a place where I was sort of lacking persistence, and it had been you know, on the heels of things like having a child and that sort of takes the wind out right. of your working sales. And, you know, the right. market had dramatically since I had my last agent. And so things had happened that kind of kicked me down a little. And I, I, as one of my friends used to say, I needed talking down from the, the creative ledge of despair, you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. what I... It's how I make a living now. <laughs> Thank yeah, God for that ledge. That's where I. That's where I live <laughs> with most. I love right. that ledge. Truth be told, I don't like to be there, but I have been. No. Oh my goodness, yeah. I certainly have been. I think now, children having children is interesting. Uh, I would mm-hmm. love to hear you talk about this. I have two boys. They're all fully grown mm-hmm. now, almost both of them. Uh, but you know, but it, being a father was a big part of my life when that was happening. But it's different, I think sometimes yeah. for moms. And I yeah. I work with a lot of women. So you've been a writer, of course, most of your – I mean, I assume that was just sort of All always the plan, more or less? Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. So then well, you have a baby, or, yeah. or not. Or was there, other, was there another plan? No. Well, see, I'd already been a freelance writer. I worked for myself yeah. from home. My husband had a, has a job, did his thing. And when we decided we were going to have a child, I had this just completely naive notion that it was going to be baby in the bassinet, quietly sitting beside me while I did my work. You know, I had no idea what I was in for. Oh, it was such a rude awakening. And I mean, by the time he was like, like a a month old, I realized I would have to get a babysitter in order to work because babies are not, (laughs) they don't let you work. So it was very, it was very challenging in that regard, you know, 
the time, just the general. Yeah. And I had had years. I, I was a person who woke up at 530, did my fiction writing before my work. So I had had all these right. years, luxurious time to write. And it was a real change. And suddenly you didn't, you had like maybe a couple hours, maybe, depending. Yeah. Yeah. And I had yeah. the kind of child that just was constantly needed attention. And so yeah. I had to really schedule the time to, to, you know, to have to, to make any productivity at all, really. And 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 yeah. I well maybe it wasn't a problem for you, but I know it's a problem for a lot of people. Not only had to schedule time, but when you had the time, you had to close the door on being a mom. Uh, you, you really can't try absolutely. to be both things at once. And I don't think that's easy no. for everybody. You know, no, you and there's a lot stop. of yeah. That's a good point. There's a lot of identity stuff wrapped up in, and when you become a parent, I think you sort of. Become, you take on this new role, and it it sort of messes with your own, your sense of self. And I had yeah. I had a lot of that grappling with like who am I even still a, a writer and a creative person? Am yeah. I just a mom now? And you know, and my the work I did for pay really it was also at the time of the economic crash between two thousand eight mm-hmm. and ten. So the, a lot of my work disappeared because of that. And I was raising a baby, so it was easy for me not to try and drum up new work. And so I, I kind of fell out of my career and my creative writing for a couple of years. Right. And I think that's where I, that's how I got on the ledge because I thought, oh, it's all over. You know, I have no, there's I, no writing left in me. You know, I, I think I, I don't want to go into this too deep, but I just think that that's an element of a woman's life that doesn't get that just from a such a personal level that doesn't get the kind of even though it gets talked about a lot, I just think it's it asks mm. it, you're asking so much of yourself in those mm-hmm. early years to try to do both. It's easier for men. I, it's easier. It was easier for me. It is just because of mm-hmm. just the. I don't know. I don't like to break us up that way, but I do think it was easier for me. And I just think it's challenging in ways that I don't think you can say enough about it. I think it's it's hard emotionally. When you, yeah. when you look down at that little face, you know. Yeah. And, and something changes in you. I just think it's tough. All right, but you, but you knew you wanted to get back to it. And you know what's interesting? Of the books you've published, so you've, I'm just going to read them for our, our for our listeners yeah. again. So th- these are the writing. This is not your fiction. This is the nonfiction. Writing the intimate character. Mm-hmm. Um, then you wrote writing deep scenes, plotting your story through action, emotion, and theme. And then I'm not skipping over persistence. You also wrote making a scene, crafting a powerful story, one scene at a time. So those are great craft based, but those are di- very different books, it seems to me, than a writer's guide mm-hmm. to persistence because those are much more they are. Um, how to, you know, really how to yeah. crafty nuts and bolts sort of thing. This is something yeah. else. This is really where I dwell, but this is not yeah. about the craft, although you give some specific. Um, help to the or, or sort of tools, but it's about yeah. a very different aspect of the writing. It's really just the purely the emotional life of the writer, isn't it? Yeah. What I wanted to do was write a series of I thought of them as pep talks or cheer, you know, sort of cheerleading writers through the variety of um, trials and tribulations you go through as a writer on the path. Like, yeah. And I wanted yeah. to enc- encourage writers to understand that you're going to face all of these things, and that they're not a sign that you're failing; they're a sign that you're on the path. You know. I mean, right. Because one of the kind of central points that I make in my book is that everything you do for your writing practice is it's all part of it. It just isn't always writing. It's, there's a lot right. of other things that go into writing besides, you know, fingers on the keyboard or pens and paper. And I think writers tend to not, they don't claim themselves as writers if they haven't published or if they aren't writing every day or, you know. Right. But a lot of a lot of it is practice and you know, 
finding out what we want to say and all of that stuff. Did you, um, did you, and sitting down to write this, did you, was it challenging for you to say I'm the kind of person because it's one thing to, to to write a craft book, a real craft book, because you kind of know your own craft and and there is a kind of almost math, not mathematical, but there's it's it's mm-hmm. more mechanical in a certain way. Yeah. But this is requires a different kind of authority. Did you have any trouble mm. giving yourself that authority to be that voice, or was it natural to you? I think, like I, I said earlier, I just t- wrote them as if I was telling myself these yeah. these sort of truths, and so I didn't think of myself as having. Um, I didn't think of myself as an authority so much as I'm someone who's gone through these individual stages and here's my yeah. perspective. Honestly, this was the easiest book I ever wrote. Really? I think because it was, it, it was, I felt hopeful again for the first time after years of not feeling hopeful and, and in, you know, in addressing each of these issues, like I talk about, you know, um, you know, pr- criticism and perfectionism and failure and yeah. revision and things like that. And, you know, how to carve out time for your writing. In in going through each of those, I think it was a little cathartic to revisit those topics and remember, oh, yeah, you're just in a different, you know, I know what this phase feels like. I'm going to get through it. And uh, so, Well, that that is exactly how I wrote. I was writing essentially an essay a day for Author Magazine. I do five a week and these little 400-word ones. And that's how I did them. I would write to myself. I would think of Bill, who is just, was doubting himself and felt so what's the point and all this sort of thing. And I would write to him and I would always make myself feel better. And I thought, well, yeah, I don't know if anybody else likes this, but I feel better. And so that's a win. And we'll just go from there. It turns out other people well, did like him, but I think your, your, your audience might find it inspiring to hear how this did become a book because I started out writing. I was blogging heavily as a way to get back to my writing and what I right. what I found is the blogs that I wrote that were sort of cheerleading people through these these hard times were the most popular, and people would be like, "Oh, I really needed to hear that." And I quickly yeah. realized that everybody feels this these different ways, you know, all the time. <laughs> there's enough of us out there that there's always somebody. Yeah. And so it was through it was through this like cheerleading myself, then getting feedback from other people saying, "Well, I need to hear that too," that I realized yeah. like I might have a book, you know, and yeah. so started out with something as simple as blogging for myself and yeah it had a wider that's reach ex- that's exactly how fearless writing came to be i mean fearless writing was i wrote a lot of essays about writing the, but that's exactly how it came to be i was mm-hmm. i mean i was theoretically i was writing for an audience but i was really just wanting to 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 cheer myself up and cheer yeah. other people up and there, and i didn't yeah. and i'll tell you jordan just i had no idea if people would be into it i knew i would be but i had no idea if other people yeah. would be I thought, yeah, well, and then you realize they're hungry oh, for yeah. it. They are. I know yeah. that was the first time I did a fearless writing workshop at a writer's conference, and everybody turned up, and I thought, of course they're all afraid. Everyone's afraid. Everyone's mm. afraid. <laughs> they're all so scared. But it's not often talked about at writer's conferences, you know, that side no. of it. No, no, it's all. It's true. You, that was the other thing at the time that this book came out. Cause, so I've been publishing with Writer's Digest books for over 10 years, 11 years. And at the time, after my very first book with them, Make a Scene, came out uh, 10, 11 years ago, I tried to pitch them something kind of like this, a little more what I kind of call sort of warm and yeah. fuzzy. And they, yeah. and they were like, oh, we don't have an audience for that. And so it's only in the last few years that that door is opened suddenly. Hey, you must have opened yeah. it for me. Because I thought Maybe. there's no way they're going to take this book. Yeah. Right? I thought they don't. Because I, I, it was really funny. Even when they bought it, I said, I said to my editor, I 
called her up and I said, "You did read the chapters, right? Because that's how I'm going to write it. <laughs> like, I, this is a left. This is not a left brain thing. What I'm doing here. I, I said, know. Oh, no, no, we're open yeah. to all kinds of books. You must they have helped. finally saw the light. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I think what happened is some people changed that. You know, editorial leadership changed hands, and they saw the light, and I came along at the right time. But oh, they definitely changed directions. I can tell you that for sure because it was oh, it was a marked oh, well, difference in in direction. Well, awesome. Oh, well, yeah. I'm glad I came along yeah. with it. Well, all right. So, <laughs> do you ever do you, do you uh, do you teach this at workshops and stuff, or do you just do the craft stuff? I do. No, yeah. no, I do, and I did after the book came out. I did a, a spate of these uh, persistence yeah. workshops, and I might be doing it again. Um, in uh, what month? April, the Redwood Writers Conference up in Santa Rosa. I should be teaching. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Do you like teaching it? I do because it's very uplifting, and a lot of I always tell people, you know, you're 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 used to getting all the business and the nuts and bolts, but nobody ever talks about, you know, like like you said, the emotional side of writing. And so for yeah. a lot of people, it's refreshing, and it's it's a chance to not have to think about the craft, which sometimes it's just tiring after, especially at a conference. You get all this, like, you know, your head is crammed full of stuff, and it's nice to go here. So I do, I do it like is. Well, if you, I, I'm a firm believer. If you don't have the emotional stuff in if – you, if, if you're off emotionally around the work, all the craft in the world, I, I don't think it's going to help you. Because if, you're, if you come to the table doubting yourself, if you come to the table thinking, what's the point? If you come to the desk yeah. thinking, this has already been done before, there's no market for it, whatever you – it doesn't matter how well – you, how much craft you have, it's, no. it's not going to go well. You've got to get that no. part in order. You and, know. It's, you know, the thing, too, is it, this is a lifelong process. If you're, if you're always looking for something, like you said, externally outside of yourself to make you feel good about your writing practice or your career, you're never going to find it. it. It's inside you, and it so, sounds so cliche, but it's true. And I, oh, it's you know, there's just nowhere else to look. True. But, but it doesn't mean that everybody knows how to do that either and I, I so I realize sometimes mm-hmm. you just it's like I think of it as like non-religious church for writers you know you need that, you need to be reminded of the ways that you know the meaning and the purpose in it all we all need that I think oh you know. absolutely we forget all the time we forget all the mm-hmm. time and I think that I would say that every time I sit down to write I have to remember why I'm doing it and I have to remember that it's possible in a weird way, you know, because I always tell my clients, like, I am oddly, I am never really in the mood to write at the moment I sit down to write. But if I can, yeah. if I can settle yeah. my attention, I find where the mood to write exists, and then I am. But I'm always a little cold when I sit down, even though it's first Absolutely. thing in the morning, you know. You know? But you can't, yep, be, I know that you can't be put off by that. No. No, and you can't even be put off by the the days that you feel like, you know, you you, you got a rejection or, you know, you got some nasty feedback from somebody and you think, that's it, right. I give up, I suck. You know, you have to right. remind yourself that's all part of the process. And, you know, it's there's there's some merit in it somewhere. <laughs> Later on, you'll realize it was meaningful, but at the time it feels like crap. Well, it's true. We were talking about success. Oh, ignore that, don't worry. Uh, oh, okay. Th- it's... It, it's um it's absolutely true and um i would say that the times in my life that i called failure at the time and i didn't like them and i didn't like the experience and i didn't like all the rejection those you know i really did learn from those experiences and it taught me 
a lot about yeah. what I should be writing as opposed to what I shouldn't be writing, and it taught me a lot about where my value actually resides, and it taught me a lot about the yeah. nature of despair that I don't know how I would have learned otherwise. And so even to call it yeah. failure, is, it's a misperception nope. of the experience, I think. Yep, I have a whole thing on that myself, and I say to people, that you've got two choices. You can go deeper into your own work or self, or you can go elsewhere. So, you know, if it's, if it's a failure of, you know, whether it's a personal failure or a failure of someone else, you know, it's uh, it's all part. And again, this comes back to the idea that if you consider your writing, like I say to people, you know, people who have a yoga practice, they're not practicing poses to meet a quota every day. They're doing it to feel <laughs> a certain way, you know. So you, your right. writing practice is the same way. It's like everything is like it's a big pool and everything is a drop in that pool. And you don't always see what it's doing for you in the moment. Like you said, it's often later in life. No. Um, well, you know. and this is the thing. Is is when the writing when it's when you're really deep in it. I just I call it the flow in my book. A lot of people do, but when you really get into that deep dream state of whatever you're writing about, particularly if you're writing fiction or if you're yeah. writing the kind of creative nonfiction I do, where you really are entering this other zone. Really, I, I there's not a better experience in the world. I in my mind, I it's as good. I have as good experiences, but it doesn't get any better than that for me, and. The truth is, right when I come out of it, I, I mean, obviously I want what I've written to be published and to be liked, and to, but the truth is, at that moment, I don't need anything else. Like, yeah, It's really, that was enough. But I do want to share it, and I want to keep the conversation going, but I'm as happy as I can kind of be right then, right when I come out, you know, or right, right when I'm in it. That's the truth. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's true. It's, it's like, that, that to me is the reward of writing. You feel better. You, when you've done it you do but we put these requirements on it you know Mm -hmm. and what we can do is we can spoil it by saying well it's not enough because oh i only got a hundred likes or i didn't sell it or i or it didn't sell for as much as i want or but then we can kind of dampen it but the truth is at the moment you're having it i mean you really can't i i wouldn't ask for more no, and the more you, more times you give yourself that experience, the more writing becomes its own reward. And you, that's that's my whole point. When you've had, you know, I mean, most of the fiction I ever write will never be published for one reason or another. But I'm going to keep doing it because it's it's worth it to me. My prediction is, there will come a time, in the maybe not too distant future, Jordan, where a lot of it's going to get published. <laughs> There's going to be a little breakthrough for you. And it's going to happen. I predict that. I can't guarantee it. I am not a soothsayer. <laughs> but I think that that's going to happen. I do. And I think All that right. you will All say, right. most of what I write now in fiction gets published. That's my prediction. <laughs> All right. That is not my, maybe not well, for this year, but sooner than you know. And I'll, I'll say this, and even if it doesn't, it will be okay. Good. That's the way you've got to do it. That's the attitude you have to have. That is the best way to actually allow it to happen is by saying, I don't need it to. It's weird, but that's how it works. You You can't require it. Well, Jordan, I'm so glad I had you on the show. I I knew I'd be glad that I did. Uh, Before I ask you you. my final question, um, Mm -hmm. where can people find out about you? JordanRoosevelt.com or is it a different? .net. JordanRoosevelt.net. And they can follow me on Twitter at Jordan Rosenfeld. I have an author page on Facebook. If you can somehow track that down, um, they're welcome <laughs> to email me if they want. <laughs> uh, actually, you can contact me through my website. So you do editing and too, I'm don't ha- you? 
I do manuscript editing and developmental editing, so I'm not the copy editor per se, though I do some line edits, but mostly this is the story structure, the, the big picture, character, plot, etc. And Excellent. um I do all kinds oh. of writing. You know, I get requests. You're going to be one more person I can send people to. This is good because yeah, I have a few go-tos. You. But all right, good. All right, so if they want, if people are interested in you for that reason, they can go there. But okay, good. So jordanroosevelt.net. Yeah. Uh, all right, yes. but before I let you go, Jordan, although maybe, you know, hold this whole conversation, but I want you to try and finish this sentence. If writing has taught me anything, it's taught me what? What is writing taught you? To be true to myself. Yeah. To be true to myself, to listen to myself and trust what I find there. Yeah, it's true. It kind of demands it of it, doesn't it? It demands it of mm-hmm. us. Yes. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. Yeah, we think. Because you try not to be yourself a little bit maybe at first, don't you? Yeah, yeah. practice being other people, and that never works. <laughs> or mimicking someone else's style, you know. That never works. That's right. That's right. Well, Jordan, it has been a pleasure. The book is A Writer's Guide to Persistence, How to Create a Lasting and Productive Writing Practice, available where all fine books are sold. Jordan, good luck on the novels and whatever else you're Thank working you. on. Thank you Take so much easy. for having me. It's wonderful. Oh, you're All very right, welcome. Thank you. Okay. Be yourself, people. Everyone else is taken. It's true. All right. Until next week, go out, find something you love to do, and do it. I'll be back next week.